The University of Florida College of Medicine is accredited by the Accreditation Council for Continuing Medical Education, ACCME, to provide continuing medical education for physicians. The University of Florida College of Medicine designates this enduring material for a maximum of 0.25 AMA PRA Category 1 credit. Physicians should claim only the credit commensurate with the extent of their participation in this activity. Significant progress has been made in the treatment of patients with ovarian cancer. This is UF Health Med EdCast with UF Health Shands Hospital. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're discussing PARP inhibitors in ovarian cancer. We'll examine the use of PARP inhibitors as first-line therapy, and we will understand the relevance of homologous recombination deficiency in development of ovarian cancer. We're covering the mechanisms of action and rationale for PARP and reviews on the FDA-approved uses for it. Joining me is Dr. Martina Murphy. She's an assistant professor in the Division of Hematology and Oncology in the UF Department of Medicine, and she practices at UF Health Shands Hospital. Dr. Murphy, it's a pleasure to have you join us today. Let's start off by discussing the state of ovarian cancer. What are you seeing in the trends? So um, it's important to understand that ovarian cancer, uh, while it's the second most common gynecologic malignancy, it actually has the highest rate of mortality of all gynecologic cancers. And this is really related to the fact that we don't have any effective screening methods. So by the time women end up in our clinic, most of them have advanced disease. And unfortunately, for many years, we really haven't had uh, a lot of change in terms of our treatment options. So what's important to know is that uh, when women are diagnosed uh, with ovarian cancer, really regardless of stage, the primary treatment is surgery followed by standard chemotherapy. Uh, And the good news is that the vast majority of women, somewhere around 70 to 90% of them will actually respond to this treatment and, uh, you know, either go into a complete or partial remission. So that's good. The trouble is that the vast majority of these women, unfortunately, about 80% will actually recur at some time. And so that's where the PARP inhibitors uh, come into play. So tell us about them and, and how are you using them for ovarian cancer? What's the role as you see it now? That is such a great question. And I'll be honest, the role is really evolving. So in order to uh, understand that question, we sort of have to understand a little bit about the way that the, the medication them, themselves work. So PARP is, stands for polyadenosine diphosphate ribose polymerase. Thankfully, uh, we've shortened it to PARP because none of us can actually say that <laughs> in a regular sentence. Um, so PARP is actually a protein that is very important for repairing uh, DNA or chromosomal breakage. And so what we have found is that if we inhibit this protein, DNA damage in cancer cells accumulates and eventually cancer cells will die. So that is the rationale behind why PARPs actually work in uh, cancer in general. In ovarian cancer, they have a particular role because a large proportion of women with ovarian cancer have additional mutations that make them um, unable to, make the cancer cells unable to recover from DNA uh, damage. So the, the sort of what we call synthetic lethality of the genetic mutation that the patient has and the addition of uh, the PARP inhibitors um, makes it such that we have uh, the ability to, to selectively kill these cancer cells. 
Well, as you're telling us about that, what an interesting topic this is, Dr. Murphy. What role does the BRCA mutation play in this developing cancer? And while you're telling us that, and you mentioned recurring cancers, are they, as they're being looked at for new diagnosis in a more advanced stage, help us to understand, as I said in the intro, the relevance of the homologous recombination deficiency. So kind of tie that all, I know it's a lot, but tie that all together for us. It's really fascinating um, and it's really interesting and important. So I'm glad that you're asking. Um, So there are several well-established risk factors for the development of ovarian cancer. And one of them, sort of the most important one, I think, is uh, the genetic predisposition for the development of the disease that's actually conferred by having a mutation in this this BRCA gene. We know that women who have BRCA mutations are far more likely than women without these mutations to develop ovarian cancer in their lifetime. So what is BRCA and why, you know, why is it important? So we, the, the proteins that are encoded by the BRCA gene um, are actually really important for a, a DNA repair mechanism that's known as homologous recombination. Um, and this is very complex. Uh, we learn all about this in medical school, but as a primer, it's just a, it's a very complex process of DNA repair um, where the body is able to repair double-stranded DNA breaks. Um, And so when people have a mutation in BRCA or other proteins that are involved in this process, we call it homologous recombination deficiency, or HRD. Okay, so that was a little biology 101. So why does this relate to ovarian cancer and why should we care when we're thinking about how we treat our patients with ovarian cancer? So what we now know is that Approximately half of uh, epithelial ovarian cancers, which is the most common form of ovarian cancer, uh, have or exhibit defective DNA repair through alterations in this HRD homologous recombination pathway. Um, And about 20% of patients with epithelial ovarian cancer have that cancer as a direct result of a BRCA mutation. Um, And that understanding the way that these genes lead to the development of ovarian cancer uh, helps us understand um, ways that we can develop drugs to better help attack it. Well, again, this is so fascinating. So as you you mentioned the rationale for ovarian cancer, for which patients are they indicated? Help us to understand the mechanism of action a little bit more, if you would. Yeah, so the main value, I would say, at this point in time of the drugs, of PARP inhibitors and clinical practice is actually as a form of maintenance therapy. So therapy that's given after initial uh, standard chemotherapy to essentially help prevent cancer recurrence. So the idea uh, is to use these oral medications after response to platinum-based chemotherapy to help maintain that response and to keep patients from developing recurrence so quickly. Are there some people for whom PARP might be indicated for initial treatment? So, um, no, there are currently uh, PARP inhibitors are actually indicated again as maintenance uh, following standard chemotherapy. Then review for us the FDA approved uses as as they stand now. Where does it stand as to regulatory approval? So there are currently three PARP inhibitors on the market. So there's Olaparib, Rucaparib, and Neraparib. And of those, only Olaparib is actually approved for what we call first-line maintenance. So maintenance therapy right after their initial uh, chemotherapy. And to sort of further drill down on that, it's actually only indicated for first-line maintenance in patients with a BRCA mutation. 
the remainder of the PARP inhibitors can be used for what we call second-line maintenance, so maintenance therapy after platinum-based chemotherapy for recurrent ovarian cancer. How interesting. And what do the studies say, Dr. Murphy? Do they support the use of PARP inhibition irrespective of the BRCA mutation status? Tell us a little bit about that. So it's a great question. So what we know is that in all of the studies, uh, patients with a BRCA mutation or uh, other forms of homologous recombination deficiency uh, respond better to these medications than patients who do not have these mutations. Well, tell us about what you're doing at UF Health Shands Hospital. Any research you'd like other providers to know about that we haven't discussed and what you see on the horizon. Give us a little blueprint for future treatments. Great question. So uh, in my practice at UF Health Shands Hospital, um, first and foremost, any patient who we see in clinic uh, with the diagnosis of ovarian cancer should undergo and does undergo uh, uh, genetic testing specifically to look for a BRCA mutation or other forms of homologous recombination deficiency. In patients who have this mutation, I certainly counsel them and talk to them about uh, the merits um, of using a PARP inhibitor um, after they complete their first-line chemotherapy. And all of my other patients, I talk to them um, at the time of recurrence. So, you know, I don't know that we know the best answer yet. As I mentioned before, I think this is evolving, but it's certainly something that I talk to all of my patients about. You know, taking a maintenance medication, a, a pill that you take every single day, um, there are some different considerations than uh, standard chemotherapy where there is a definitive start and finish. Um, so for many patients, they're, you know, they're interested in taking a pill every day and are willing to deal with any side effects that might, might come up, um, but other patients are not. And so there's a lot of counseling and sort of talking about what matters most to the patient that goes on in clinic. In terms of things on the horizon, I think what we're learning more and more and trying to understand better is how to, again, extend the time between uh, responses to chemotherapy and disease progression. And so the way that we're really starting to look at that is combination therapy. So can we combine PARP inhibitors with chemotherapy or can we combine PARP inhibitors with other forms of treatment like immunotherapy to better deepen the responses that we see in patients with these diseases? Do you have any final thoughts for referring physicians? I think what I'd like other people to know, referring physicians, is that here at UF Health Shands Hospital, we have a phenomenal multidisciplinary team um, whose primary goal is to help care for women with gynecologic cancers like ovarian cancer. So I work in concert with my surgical colleagues, my radiation colleagues, and my other colleagues in medical oncology so the other aspect of that is that we also have several ongoing clinical trials looking at um, novel ways to treat women with gynecologic cancers to include ovarian cancer. And so that's another really important part of receiving care at UF Health Shands Hospital. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Murphy, for sharing your expertise and telling us what's going on in the world of ovarian cancer. Absolutely fascinating. Thank you again. And this concludes today's episode of UF Health MedEdCast with UF Health Shands Hospital. To learn more about this and other healthcare topics at UF Health Shands Hospital, please visit ufhealth.org medmatters to get connected with one of our providers. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other UF Health Shands Hospital podcasts. I'm Melanie Cole.